Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn. And today, more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. Today's guest, Balaji Ganapate. Balaji is Global Head of CSR and Chief Social Responsibility Officer for Tata Consultancy Services. And Tata is perhaps the oldest, they're over 151 years old, a purpose-driven company in the world. And they were started by Jamseti Tata. And their ethos is truly about incredible services and products. But they also give back through the Tata Trusts two-thirds of their profits to go back into society. Extraordinary. And so I'm so excited to have Balaji with us today because I got to visit Tata in Mumbai in 2014, and I have revered this company forever. I always like to start by the numbers. So let's just talk about TCS, as they're called. They were founded in 1968. Their headquarters are in Mumbai, India. They're um, over $22 billion in revenues. They have almost 450,000 450, employees representing 146 nationalities. They're in over 50 countries around the globe, and their parent company is Tata Sons. TCS is a global top three information technology leader. And in our prep interview, Balaji said it's Accenture first in size, then TCS, and on a good day, they beat out IBM. So I think that's extraordinary. In his role, Balaji is focused on harnessing the power of purpose, people, and technology to advance access, equity, and inclusion across society. Under his stewardship, TCS has leveraged its technology, innovation, thought leadership, and a global pool of skilled-based volunteers with a number of actual hours. It's going to blow you away. We'll talk about that in a moment. To make a significant impact on the communities in which TCS employees live and work with a special focus on impacting women and young girls minorities, and underrepresented groups. Under his leadership, TCS has been recognized in many ways by points of light as a Civic 50 leader, by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and as well, Balaji was awarded in 2017 the Charlie H. Moore Award for Leadership in Corporate Community Engagement by CECP, Corporate Chief Executives for Purpose. I have been working with CCP for many years, and that's an extraordinary award. He also serves on a variety of boards, from Million Women Mentors Leadership Council to NPower's National Advisory Council to the World Economic Forum Steering Committee and many others. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carol. Yes, you did uh, manage to embarrass me, but... uh, uh, I think uh, coming from a celebrity <laughs> like yourself, who is so well respected and uh, regarded in the circles of purpose and cost marketing, I think it's just a privilege to be here. 
it's really my privilege to have you on the show, but thank you for those those kind comments. Actually, I just want to say to our listeners that you are the real deal. Because if if you and we're and we're gonna have show notes from our conversation. So we're gonna link um other interviews you've done, one that was an HR technologist, which you hit the nail on the head about why purpose. It's not about just volunteering or philanthropy, but when it's embedded in the business, how it provides competitive advantage for an organization. So let's get started. In your role, you focus on harnessing the power of people, purpose, and technology to advance access, equity, and inclusion across society. What does that mean to you personally? And how do you live that mission in your role at TCS? Thank you for asking that question, Carol. I think uh, we are all blessed to be uh, born in this generation, in this era, uh, where I think a variety of factors have come together to voice uh, us uh, in, a, in, a, in a place where we can make significant change in some of the inequities that uh, exist in society. And I say that despite the COVID uh, crisis that is upon us, it is the worst of times, but it is bringing out the best of people. But even before the COVID uh, crisis uh, hit us, if you look at the confluence of the rise of digital technologies and the ease of adoption of those technologies to solve problems facing uh, people, businesses, economic markets, and society, we couldn't be in a better place to harness some of those and address the biggest problems facing society, whether it is social, gender, economic inequities, cultural inequities. I think uh, it it it, uh, it is uh, it is a great opportunity, and uh, I am a big believer that uh, human intelligence drives artificial intelligence. Coming from a technology company that is really uh, helping shape the growth and transformation of uh, uh, enterprises around the world. Um, you know, I, I feel privileged to be in that position. And uh, I think, uh, you know, bringing the power of uh, technology, driving it by embedding it into the company's purpose and leveraging the skills and expertise of employees as well as larger uh, 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 community leaders is, is where uh, the opportunity lies for us to make significant change in society. So so let's talk, I want to get right to the to your philosophy. You say that purpose is the new technology. So that's incredibly intriguing. So can you explain that? Yeah, I, I think uh, it is such a powerful statement. Purpose is the new tech. And that symbolizes the life that we live in, the time that we are in. Over over the previous hundred years, if you see how industry and companies and enterprises have evolved, uh, we have gone through a whole cycle of people who are proprietors were having equal power as people who are working in the companies to a time when uh, it became more mechanized and uh, industrialized to the shareholder capitalism and the whole era of shareholder capitalism. So now, in the last few years, there is a rising consciousness that stakeholder capitalism, which is most importantly including society and employees uh, as part of uh, your uh, business model, is becoming very prominent. Of course, being part of the 151-year legacy of the Tata Group and 51 years of TCS, this is something that uh, helps us as an organization thrive. In the last few years, when all companies uh, saw the opportunity in using technology to really change their business models. They they approached it with such vigor, right? And even, even whether they integrated it into their business model or not, everybody wanted to talk about uh, why they were a tech company, right? And I think quickly we have shifted with rising social consciousness and uh, societal tensions and the polarization that is happening. We have quickly landed on a place where Purpose is that next label that companies wants to use. But in reality, unless you really uh, integrate purpose into your business model, the opportunity that is there to capitalize and make value, shared value for all stakeholders is missing, which is why I think the power behind the statement purpose is the new tech is symbolizing that 
let's take and integrate purpose into the core of our business and create shared value for all of our stakeholders. So I want to be clear to our listeners that purpose is the new tech is your point of view. It's your philosophy. It's not that you're recreating somebody else's point of view. Also, I want our listeners to know that your background is really, really interesting. You have an engineering background, but you also have an advanced degree in human resources and an organizational development. And so you've got both, I'd say, the left brain and the right brain, the head and the heart that's critical to drive purpose into the organization to take advantage of its incredible um, outcomes. So let's talk about first, Tata is a company, the parent, the values, the ethos, and how that when TCS was born 50 years ago, how that trickled down into the direction of TCS. You know, the Tata Group has uh, always been known for leading with trust. And uh, in the era of people who were, uh, you know, really growing as businessmen, you know, the founders and the ex chairmen of the group have always maintained that, uh, you know, they're not in the job of building business. They are in the job of building nations, right? So we've always seen ourselves as industrialists. Uh, and uh, building institutions that can last beyond our own lifetimes is the is the ethos that runs the group and the company. And TCS was born uh, out of a similar uh, vision and an endeavor to bring the power of technology to support uh, uh, the nation of India back in 1968. But very quickly, we realized that the same kind of uh, knowledge and capabilities that we had could be applied to solving problems that uh, businesses are facing across the world. And that is how the uh, global model of uh, software and services was born. And uh, we we feel uh, privileged and humbled to have contributed to that. Um, Even today, the, the fundamental purpose of the group which is to uplift the life of uh, the community and people who live in the community is embedded in the company's ethos and values. I'm very pleased to share that even now in the last uh, few months, when we re-looked at our purpose and our mission and uh, how we articulate who we are to the world, being purpose-driven was the top one and it came without any debate because that uh, you know that, that is the value system that we stand for. And in these changing times, we also are driven by resilience because resilient uh, uh, communities and resilient businesses need the, the kind of uh, uh, capabilities to support that. And being adaptable. Uh, I think we have gone through three or four or five cycles of technology changes over the 51 years of our existence. But what has remained is the core focus on doing what is best for business, doing best what is best for our people and doing what is best for uh, the communities where we live and work. And that has been unchanged. So that that's the big picture view I wanted to share about TCS and our journey as an organization and uh, a community leader. What does the best of TCS mean? That's commentary that you have on your website and that, that um, you've had in some of your interviews. <laughs> I think, uh, see, the vision that we have for CSR is that TCS can empower people and communities by connecting people to opportunities in the digital economy. And our mission is to create inclusive and diverse pathways for women, youth, and marginalized groups. And in order to do that, the best way to do that is, you know, as, as you alluded to earlier, it's not just about volunteerism. It is not just about grant making and writing checks. Those can be tools in your portfolio. But you have to bring the same vigor and the same capabilities that you apply to your business problems and how you support your customers. You have to bring to solve societal problems. So the best of TCS is what I call the four C's, which is our intellectual capital, our technology capital our uh, human capital and financial capital. And this is the model. When I stumbled into the space of uh, CSR about 10, 12 years ago and had the opportunity to lead this effort initially in North America, this is the model I went with because that's what I knew from the business side. 
And uh, applying that model, what I've learned and discovered is that if you bring uh, together cross-sector leaders to understand the problem and solve the problem, not parachute in with a solution, but come together to explore and uh, create a shared solution, you are starting at the right foot, right? And then our core strength is technology. So how can I bring technology to exponentially scale and grow the impact of that solution? And my third strength as a company is, uh, uh, you know, 450,000, almost half a million people. Uh, you know, yes, their time is valuable, but more importantly, their skills and their talent. How can I harness that? How can I give them a chance to fulfill their purpose by applying that against community solutions? And the last part is financial uh, capital, which is to support bringing the solution to life. And all of our partnerships, if you talk to any of our partners, we are very upfront with them that uh, the road to being a partner is long, but once you are a partner, you are in it for cre- creating long-term societal outcomes. Because this is the genre of uh, CSR that we stand for, and that is how we are bringing the best of TCS to support our initiatives. I just want to underscore a point. Having a long-term commitment to a partner truly builds trust It builds performance, especially when I'm sure that you're very candid about things at work, things that need to evolve. And so, so many companies, you know, they'll have a relationship. Maybe they'll write a one-year contract. Maybe they'll talk about two years, but they don't have the long-term view. So so that's really, really important. I want to ask you to get to talk about some of your favorite initiatives. Part of my question is, which came first, the initiatives or your vision to help attracting the best and brightest employees? And you said, gee, I got to recruit. I got to, you know, young people today, they want to get involved in companies that, that have aligned values. So was it that recognition to get the best and the brightest or Going back to you've got an obligation to heal society and you created the programs first. <laughs> that is a tough one to answer. <laughs> it could be both. Yeah, it is both. And to be truthful, each feed into each other, right? Uh, I think uh, our values are informed by uh, the people and the participative and the collaborative environment that we have. And our people are inspired by the values and how we live those values in our culture as well as the programs that we do, right? So our programs have always evolved based on what is the local need. And uh, I I mentioned that, uh, you know, connecting people to opportunity in the digital economy, that is our foremost mission. And uh, in order to do that, we are razor sharp focused that uh, we need to address the whole ecosystem of education to skilling, to employment, and entrepreneurship. And so our flagship programs all rest within that uh, trajectory of uh, K-12 education within the education space. We do all the way from adult literacy programs to create literacy among adults. For, for example, you know there are more than uh, 68 million uh, Indians who are still uh, illiterate. And over the last few years, we have uh, brought a million of them into the uh, formal economy into uh, being socially included and on a pathway to livelihood by providing technology-based solutions to uh, make them literate, right? But also in the space of K-12 education in the U.S., realizing that you know, when I said human intelligence drives artificial intelligence, that human intelligence is no longer the 19th century skills, right? We talk or the 20th century skills. We talk about 21st century skills as if it is already prevalent and understood and adopted in our education systems, but it is not. And it is our uh, view that computational thinking is the foundational skill that helps young people use that human intelligence to drive the technologies of the future. We have a program called Ignite My Future which helps build the capacity of educators and students. And uh, it is uh, in-curriculum lesson plans that are aligned to all state and local standards. And we provide free professional development as well as uh, resources to enable educators to do that. And today, in in a two-year period, 
we have over uh, 11,500 educators and almost 700,000 students in the U.S. education system who are now growing up with these skills uh, learned across the core subjects that they are in. So it's not a new uh, subject to learn, but a new way of learning so that this becomes a foundational skill for them and uh, they recognize that they are growing up with these skills, right? So that is in the space of education. In the space of skilling, demystifying what technology means is really important for our young people to move from consumers of technology to creators and innovators of technology. And uh, our program GoIT for the past 10 years has been doing that in North America and on a global scale. Today, that program runs in about 77 cities across US and Canada and in many countries across the world. And the core of it is TCS employees who are professionals, who are mentors. But it is a very agile and modular program, whether you're a school, you're an educator, you're a nonprofit organization, a state, an agency. The agility that we said symbolizes who TCS is, is built into that program. And they learn to identify community problems. They learn what sustainable development goals are about. They learn uh, design thinking and human-centered design and then apply that using technology. So it's not just about creating a bunch of coders. It is important to know coding and computer science, but it is even more important to understand the digital innovation life cycle. So that is in the skilling space. And similarly, in the employment and entrepreneurship space also, we have flagship programs that connect people who are maybe one step away from opportunity, but have not got to that you know, the, the last mile, how do I bridge the last mile? There is a confidence element, but there is a preparedness element of the skills that are biz skills, right? The power skills that are required in the world of work. So we translate that and help them do that. The last thing I want to mention about the entrepreneurship space is that in many parts of the world, today we are doing it in India, where rural India and developing rural India is important for the economy to grow in a holistic manner. Because migration to cities has been always the way in which economic uplift has happened. But the majority of the people live in the villages. So we created a program called Bridge IT, where we work along with rural entrepreneurs for a four-year period to help them gain those skills, have the technology, have the connectivity, and create solutions that can help their village and people in their village. Now, when I go around the country in the U.S. and look at some of our uh, middle America and some of the uh, states and cities that are devastated by um, the developments in the last 20 years where manufacturing and other uh, businesses have changed their outlook and now uh, have shifted to a different model. I believe a similar need exists here too, where we can help young people become entrepreneurs and really succeed where they are and create new economic value there. So uh, these are some of the programs I wanted to highlight and the thought process with which we approach those. I want to turn to your engagement with recruiting and retention, because I have always said that purpose, the number one stakeholder is employees. Whether you are creating your purpose or you're implementing your purpose or you're trying to attract best and brightest. And so our listeners probably don't know that TCS is one of the top two employers in the United States hiring local talent and that you've added over 20,000 people in the past five years. And so that's why, you know, again, I talk to so many companies and they just don't understand. They go, oh, purpose. Yeah, I want to partner with a cause and, you know, get all this publicity exposure. That's not the power of it, as you know. It's about bringing people into your organization and then working with them and embedding purpose into their career track. They're helping them to live their personal purpose. And so I'd love you to talk about the process by which you're utilizing these wonderful programs you've talked about, but I, I read that when you're hiring someone, that their first customer, so to speak, is a not-for-profit, <laughs> and they're learning how to relate to them. So can you talk about that? That's genius. Oh, you've, you've done your research really well, Carol. That is, you know, underreported and I would say an area for work in CSR that we don't talk about much ourselves, but is a very, very powerful tool. 
So thank you for bringing that up. I think, uh, see, young people or any, I mean, I think the term millennial is the most abused term in recent times because it uh, covers a whole generation of people, not just young people who are in their teens or just entering the workforce, right? So if I just focus on the new entrance to the workforce and the way in which they can identify with uh, what a company stands for, I can sell all I want in the recruitment cycle and say, hey, come work for the this company. It is the best and the brightest collection of people. What we do uh, is, uh, you know, really uh, uh, unlocking the technology solutions that can help healthcare companies, pharmaceutical companies, banks, financial institutions, retailers, travel and hospitality companies. We have such a variety of things to offer. But all of that is shallow if I don't connect them with what the company's true values stand for right off the bat. And so about five or six years ago, we uh, started this uh, program uh, as part of uh, every every new hire that we bring into the company at an entry level goes through a three-month training process where they learn about the company, learn about the fin- kind of a finishing school of the kind of offerings that we have, the kind of uh, businesses that we serve and prepares them to jumpstart into their first job. And as a part of the three months, their first client is a nonprofit client. And we have worked with a variety of partners to identify those NGOs, non-profit organizations across the U.S. who have needs and then connected them with uh, our new hires, but also provided our new hires with mentors and, uh, uh, you know, through an agile model, having scrum masters and product owners who could help drive that agenda. And what it really brings them out of them is the sense of understanding that uh, not only can they earn money by doing this job, they can fulfill something that is more innate and inherent. And this has been a wild success for us in terms of retention. I think we have more retention among our entry-level talent if I look at it over a three to five year period than some of our other segments, right? And we are one of the leading companies in the industry in terms of retention, right? Globally, our retention numbers are somewhere around 87-88 percentage annualized. So it's a great matter of pride. But the intentionality behind that is you put a few people together who have complementary skills, right? In design, in analysis, in uh, um, programming. And then you give them an opportunity to engage on a one-on-one basis with a nonprofit of the need. It could be a local nonprofit in Cincinnati who is trying to fight homelessness and uh, they want their voice to be heard, but they are not taught of technology beyond putting up a website. If you talk to them about creating a technology roadmap and how they can bring it to life by making small investments, maybe having a cloud-based setup, subscribing to some other services, they set themselves up in a way and get a capacity and uh, consultative inputs that can really supercharge their own uh, services right? that they provide to their beneficiaries. So this is a model that, uh, you know, the we don't need to do anything because the the people who are involved in it see the results of their labor. They see their uh, ideas, their thoughts, their consultation being taken and used in a way that is changing people's lives. So that is the power of a program like that. And, you know, I have a talented team and uh, with great ideas. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that's how we worked internally across uh, different functions to bring it to life. So often you hear, well, I might want to work for this company because they share my values, but you've taken this farther. You've moved them to participants in solving some of society's greatest challenges. And you've also, you you talk about in that interview with HR technologist, and we're going to put a link to that in our show note, that, you know, within uh, TCS, employees rise from volunteers and mentors to societal champions. It's so strong in terms of keeping people bonded to you. Yes, and because we want them to rise from being participants to custodians, right? Mm -hmm. And who's a custodian? Somebody who is going to be not just an ambassador, but an embodiment of what you stand for, right? And we have intentionally created programs that can ladder them from being exposed to early volunteering opportunities, to being CSR leads uh, who can, uh, you know, uh, run uh, service projects in their location and then graduate to being CSR, um, you know, 
leaders of specific programs because uh, uh, we have large programs that impact community across uh, across the country right and uh, we believe that uh, our employees who are uh, leading solutions for customers are the best ones to lead the community solutions to they need to help only to get understand the context of how they should know you know approach this and we have in fact uh, created uh, a first of a kind within the company professional development program called leaders with purpose where a very exclusive cohort of about 25 to 50 people are identified each year and put through a 3 month uh, training program where they learn about philanthropy they learn about purpose they learn about stakeholder uh, engagement they learn about nonprofit uh, uh, organizations and then actually work on a live project with the nonprofit in their locality and bring a new uh, uh, initiative to life by helping them discover their own innate skills and layering more professional skills because you know you you would agree with me that there is a view among the uninformed or the underinformed that csr is so easy to do anybody can do it uh, of course that is the first thing that they understood when i got into this space that nothing could be further from the truth right the same kind of professional skills you need in a business is uh, what you need in csr it's a professional space so this gives our employees a ladder to grow up into different roles that they can perform and ultimately become civic leaders i would like them to participate along with city councils and with uh, uh, local uh, advisory boards in a capacity where they are uh, actually able to bring their own experiences to bear and that is the trajectory that we are on let's just pivot the moment to the current pandemic because i know that in every one of our interviews with leaders such as yourself um our listeners want to hear about what has been your response and i know that it's vast so um that could be a separate show but you know what are the highlights of tcs response i think uh, first and foremost i want to thank uh, those who are in the front lines and the healthcare workers i think we need to reiterate that every time we can that their sacrifices their efforts is what is helping us uh, stay safe today right we have the privilege and uh, i'm grateful that uh, we you know we are well to do and we are able to be in a place which is safe but so many of our colleagues are putting themselves in hard harm's way to uh, help us stay safe so thankful for that now in terms of tcss response i'll break it up into two parts um since we have global operations including in china and wuhan we saw the early part of this crisis emerge uh in uh, late december early jan and uh, you know immediately from a business perspective the two or three things that we focused on first and foremost being uh, health and safety of our employees uh, their safety and well-being has been paramount and we have gone above and beyond and created uh, the kind of infrastructure and resources to make that happen thankfully after uh, all this so weeks and months we have a very small population less than uh, i would say the low sing- double digits of uh, people uh, who have uh, been exposed or have uh, contracted uh, this uh, illness and recovered and thankfully no fatalities within uh, within the company uh, the second thing that we did was to look at uh, keeping the critical services on for our customers because a lot of our customers our global customers are leaders in the healthcare pharmaceutical space government and agencies that are dispersing benefits uh, we have uh, bank and financial institutions uh, that uh, people need access to so we our second uh, goal was to keep the lights on and make sure that those services were uninterrupted and uh, continue to support the new model the 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 new model and the virtual model where most of the world was under a clamp down or some sort of stay at home orders right and the third area which is uh, the second part of our response was to immediately look at pivoting how we can uh, support the communities during this time of need and we have been running projects under four tracks i won't go into each of those but just mention to you that first and foremost is building resilience among the healthcare and the health system including uh, healthcare workers equipment looking at uh, research and uh, uh, drug molecule discovery to support uh, bringing a cure uh, all the way to 
working uh, with non-profit organizations to look at food security and uh, uh, homelessness, etc. So that is the first track. The second is adapting to an online method for uh, education systems. A lot of our programs and partnerships are with uh, uh, those who are serving students and educators. So within a week of this uh, pandemic setting in, we were able to pivot to a virtual model where we are offering all of our flagship programs that I spoke to you earlier in a virtual mode. And that has ensured that people are gainfully engaged and uh, educators have the resources to support them. Parents have some tools in hand so that they can use it with their students, uh, their children rather. And uh, the, the show goes on, right, in the way it can. Right. So adapting that and then providing additional resources. In fact, we have education offerings on our business side, which we completely opened up for free because uh, educators and institutions need that kind of support system to, uh, you know, uh, for a virtual learning experience. The third and the fourth tracks are how we are using our technology and innovation to support uh, creating new products and services, new applications to match demand with supply. And the final one is working grassroots level with the communities through our own employees and volunteers, as well as the network of entrepreneurs and beneficiaries who are part of our network. I mean, you cannot imagine the kind of inspirational stories that come out. Young entrepreneurs who who are doing ambulance services uh, so that uh, they can earn teleconsultation so that uh, people don't need to step out of their homes. Women in rural India stitching masks. You know, some some of them have done thousands of masks so that their local community, with whatever material they had, so that their own village is protected. So I'm sure uh, we are hearing these sort of inspiration stories all around, which is what I shared earlier, that I think the crisis is not over, but I think our resilience as a community, as people, this has brought us to more closer together. For our listeners, we also have pivoted And we have a sister podcast now to Purpose 360 called Humanity at Its Best. And it's people's stories, just doing big, medium, small things to help out. Um, I I can't um, finish this um, interview without asking you about the New York Marathon. Um, You you know, when you took it over, I'm going like, "Eh, I kind of know TCS a little. (laughs) You know, but why? Why did you take that on? I think the uh, premise behind that and the reason why we are involved in uh, health and fitness events and sports events is that as a large employer employing almost half a million people, ensuring that we provide the opportunities for our own employees and their families to stay healthy and manage their health was an important one. Our uh, uh, previous CEO, who is a current chairman of the Tata Group, Chandra, uh, became a runner himself and he inspired a lot of us in his uh, fight against diabetes and managing his condition. He inspired a lot of us to uh, take up different forms of uh, exercise and sports. And uh, we also believe that uh, on two, in two things. One is that technology can change the whole experience of uh, a race like uh, New York, uh, TCS New York City Marathon, which is uh, one of the, if not the best uh, race in the world in terms of uh, the diversity of people, the kind of experiences. So we wanted to embed technology and bring it to life. And the second was that the mission of New York Roadrunners, who are the conveners and the organizers of uh, New York, uh, the TCS New York City Marathon, is that it's not only the races. They work with a quarter of a million students across uh, the five boroughs and across the country to uh, help uh, young people lead a healthy life, right? Uh, so uh, it was alignment of uh, our uh, values um, and uh, the bringing the best of what TCS has to offer. And in the last five to six years, we have really made a whole journey of integrating our uh, business uh, capabilities, integrating our technology. I can safely say that New York, uh, the TCS New York City Marathon is the most tech-enabled marathon in the world. And uh, we support other races too around the world, by the way. And uh, the integration of our community initiators, all the way from youth uh, events to in-school events to uh, race volunteerism to supporting uh, the larger cause of health, uh, it's well integrated. In fact, our programs like Go IT and Ignite My Future are featured uh, as part of New York, uh, the New York City Marathon. 
And we have a program called Team TCS Teachers, where we select 50 teachers from across the country who otherwise may not have an opportunity to participate in the marathon and give them the opportunity to run. And in return, what they do is to bring uh, uh, computational thinking, computer science, digital innovation to their students uh, along with us, uh, you know, uh, through these programs. So it's it's a symbiotic relationship. They are a terrific organization. We couldn't be more proud to partner with them in uh, bringing this, uh, our capabilities around technology and community service to life. Well, I know that my co-pilot for Purpose 360, Kristen Kenny, who's just marvelous, um, she's run in the New York Marathon, uh, amazing time. And so she said, I had to ask that question. And she also <laughs> wanted to thank you, thank you publicly. So so here's, here's your thank you. I wanted to turn a little bit before we close to the outrageous number of hours that your employees volunteered. In 2019, it was over 600,000 hours. And, you know, how do you get that response? And it's large. I, again, it's a privilege. It is uh, it is the culture of the organization. And, uh, you know, within the organization, I don't remember a time where I have ever had to make the business case for doing what is right, right? That helps a lot. But then I can focus, my team can focus their efforts on uh, identifying the right kind of opportunities. And since we have a lot of bespoke programs that are uh, addressing this whole continuum of education, skilling, employment and entrepreneurship, what brings those programs to life? We also have programs in health and wellness, water, sanitation, hygiene, environment sustainability. All of these programs have the human capital element embedded in it. So when I said the four C's of intellectual capital, technology capital, human capital, and financial capital, we intentionally embed that into the bulk of our programming. In fact, in all our strategic programs, so that becomes the high value opportunities for employees and many of them clamor because we, we can't fill as, you know, we, we can't use everybody who puts their hands up because, you know, uh, the pace at which we are able to grow our programs is, uh, <laughs> you know, lower than the pace at which people want to participate in it. Yes, being a consulting organization, being one that uh, has so much of technology focus, we try to provide uh, uh, latency and uh, ensure that uh, our customers and their needs come first. So we often rotate our volunteers and provide more people than needed the opportunity to participate. But it has been uh, gratifying to see the kind of uh, uh, support uh, that has come and all of the leaders lead from the front. In fact, we have, uh, you know, over 100 business units and I can say about 80-90% of uh, the business leaders who lead those units are also participating in these efforts, you know, either on the board of an organization or participating in a technology council, spearheading a pro bono project or uh, leading a, a month of community service or uh, helping with uh, creating uh, online platforms that can house our uh, technology solutions for uh, our community a variety of areas. So it's, we've just been, uh, it's been gratifying. There is, there are, there are areas for improvement also. I don't want to paint the picture that everything is rosy. Um, yes, it is, uh, it is hard work and effort to keep up with the demand and create the right kind of opportunities. And especially with such a large workforce, reiterating the message that, uh, yes, you can do anything with your time. That is your time. You can do anything with the volunteering time that you have. But if you choose to do in uh, these programmatic areas, here is the impact it is having. So an uh, important part of our portfolio is having storytellers and digital marketers who help us craft the message and bring the human element of uh, uh, the, the connecting the loop, right? So if somebody goes out and volunteers, what happens as a result of that is uh, then seen by them and their colleagues, you know, and they are able to relate that, uh, yes, my time served somebody uh, in a way that uh, changed their lives. And that is the effort that is going on. I'm curious, do you have um, engagement with the community as part of individual KPIs or does this just happen as part of your culture? Both. So at a leadership level, it is part of uh, KPIs because uh, the community is, uh, in our founders' words, not just another stakeholder, but the very purpose of its existence, right? So at a senior level, it is 
part of the KPIs. It is part of the annual operating plans for many of our business units and leaders. At a more junior level, we instead of uh, mandating it, which I I think is not the aim, but uh, institutionalizing it, uh, we give them and present them with the opportunity. And in fact, I'm coming fresh off our latest employee survey that uh, happens every year internally. And 97% of our employees have responded saying that uh, they are proud about the opportunity that they are getting to serve and what uh, the company is doing to give back to society. That's extraordinary. As we close, which I hate to do that, in our conversation, I asked you, who else do you admire for doing, you know, really embedded, authentic purpose work? Can you share a couple of those names and maybe a little bit why? <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I have so many friends who are colleagues who are leaders of citizenship and foundations across companies, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I sit on many of the advisory boards. So I love all of them, but uh, the ones that I can relate to in uh, the recent times is, uh, you know, of course, there are many banks and retailers and uh, manufacturing companies who are doing tremendous work. Uh, I won't name names there, but the ones that I'm deeply influenced by are Microsoft and Cisco. Um, And uh, and the reason is because I'm able to relate to kind of their business model and uh, what they have gone through and how they have embedded purpose into their uh, business. And the whole aspect of not just talking the talk, but walking the walk, right? And doing that over a long period of time, having the leaders and the culture to prove it. I think they stand out uh, in that sense when I look at a uh, comparable audience to what we are doing and uh, where we stand. And of course, globally, the the foundations like uh, the GE Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I think, uh, yes, there's always this uh, duality of a billionaire philanthropists uh, that uh, you know has been spoken about a lot more in recent times. But I think the kind of tremendous work that they're doing apolitical and uh, across geographies to, you know, really, really cure some of the most uh, dehabilitating diseases in the world, I think is admirable. And then there are others who I admire for certain initiatives that they have around uh, grants, certain initiatives around programmatic areas, some companies who have done a tremendous job of building the right team. Because when you and I spoke uh, earlier, I said, I mean, organizational design is so important in CSR, right? You cannot just assume that you pick the few bright people and it'll work. Designing the kind of team that makes your purpose and your vision come to life is so important. And I want to call out and mention that I have a tremendous team. They make me look good. They are more talented than I am. And I seek their counsel and learn from them every day in doing the work that I do. Oh, that, that's, that's very kind of you. And and you have a broad team too. Can you mention how many um, individuals you have on your team around the globe? So we have a variety of programs that are running. Uh, and uh, so about 400 of them are uh, working in this uh, devoted completely, completely to the CSR space, of which about 200 are working on long-term uh, technology projects and the other 200 are the ones who run our programs uh, and we have a leadership team of about 15 to 20 who lead uh, geographies and markets and programs and uh, constantly work with uh, external partners and agencies to uh, you know really uh, keep it relevant and uh, stay tuned to what the need is. We always like to close with a few insights. Now you've given so many insights to our listeners but I'd love you to think about there are listeners who are, they're involved in purpose. They're on a purpose journey. They haven't gotten it to the embedded nature that you have. So what insights do you have for them as they look towards their next steps? Three things I would mention, which, uh, you know, I, I wrote about this in the beginning of the year as I reflected on the years that have passed by and what are the trends that are likely to shape our uh, practice in this space. And the three are, first and foremost, that private enterprises are expected to and can play a bigger role in solving core socioeconomic issues. So if you come from a company or a team that has done that before, 
you know, relook at uh, strategy is always fluid, right? So relook at what the need is, especially in the light of COVID and what it has created for us as new challenges and new opportunities. And intentionally look at uh, stress testing your company's business model for purpose. So that is the first uh, uh, thing. The second is that uh, as an employer, you need to enable your workforce to fulfill their broader purpose. And that does not stop from just providing volunteering opportunities. It is about uh, driving a culture. So if you're doing the first step right, which is embedding purpose, you will have more meaningful opportunities to share and connect that to what people are doing on a daily basis in their job and extending that to uh, the work that they can do to support the community, right? And point number three is uh, leveraging technology to reimagine the human-centered solutions to solving societal problems. This is a pet topic of mine, and uh, that's why it's part of my mission is that technology cannot live at the fringe. It has to come to the core of uh, creating solutions. It's no longer nice to say, I have a payment gateway, I have a, uh, you know online system, I have uh, social media and all of that as a company or as a nonprofit serving society. You have to look at using and harnessing the tools that we have, the technologies that we have to solve the tougher problems, the more... Uh, uh, prob- the problems that can uh, move the needle in a bigger way for community. So these are the three, uh, embedding purpose, uh, enabling uh, employees to find their purpose and uh, bringing technology from the fringe to the core of uh, solving societal problems. This has been an amazing conversation and you've given me so many um, ideas. I want to talk to you about them offline as well. Um, so I'm thrilled Um, You know, I will, um, now that I have been in your offices in Mumbai, and now I have gone through, that was six years ago, and now that I'm talking with you, I'm even more in love with with, uh, Tata as a company, um, as a leader, TCS, I know so much more about what you stand for, what you do, and yourself. You are one of the rock stars of purpose. I don't know if people say that enough to you, but you are. You are humble. You are smart. You have empathy. You have the engineering side. You know about systems management. And we are just so fortunate to have you as one of, I would say, the luminaries in purpose. So thank you, Balaji, so much for the conversation. And I would like to ask our listeners... Truly, I know they've been inspired. I'm going to ask them, what is your purpose?